0: What kind of a sick school is this?
1: Uh Strange things are afoot at the Circle K.
2: You're gonna need a bigger boat. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger.
1: Oh, righty.
2: How you doing? Back off, Ben. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello
1: to my new friend! I love to smell a grape
2: in the morning. What are you people? On dope?
0: Stop whining. I've
2: got a crap on deck that can choke like a donkey.
3: Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
1: Who can I do, that?
3: I'll be back.
1: A dynamite! Show me the money!
2: Don't! Up your nose when you have A what?
1: I'm sailing! I'm sailing! Groovy.
2: You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down.
4: Love means never having to say you're sorry. It is looking at you, kid. We've got no
2: food! got no jobs our pets heads are
0: falling off go to the coast we get together have a
2: few laughs i'm coming to join you honey i'm not a doctor but i play one on tv i love it when a plan comes together what
1: we do is if we need that extra push
2: over the cliff you know what we do put it up to 11 11, exactly one louder why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder these go to 11 we're on a mission
0: from God. From Maine, then is now starring Rigor. This is Patsy the Angry Nerd, along with Uncle Death and the Fright Channel Orchestra, inviting you to join Rigor and his topic: old and new TV shows, classic TV show themes, and another segment of TV Guide listings from the past. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Here's
3: Rigor. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. You thought this was The Tonight Show, didn't you? Nope. No, this is episode 21 of Then Is Now Podcast, and today we're going to discuss classic TV show themes. But first, I wanted to discuss some current shows as well as some classics that you and your family should be watching. Class is in session.
1: I have a bad feeling about this. How could
3: I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this?
1: Food fight! Hey, you in my class?
3: I am
2: today. I think you should consider transferring to shop class. Woo woo! Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shock class.
0: Bueller?
1: When you were in
4: school,
0: Bueller? Did you
1: ever cut class?
0: Bueller? Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes.
4: Good, sign this. Um, I get so
0: lonely when
2: I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. We
3: lack like discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're going to have recess all the time. Woo!
2: Go play and have fun now.
3: Okay, we are going to talk about old TV shows and new TV shows. And we're going to start with some of the newer ones that I feel you should be watching. Now, if you haven't already seen some of these newer shows, I highly recommend them. First off, we have the DC Comics character The Flash, a superhero television series developed by Greg Berlanti, Andrew Kreisberg, and Jeff Johns, airing on The CW. It's based on the Barry Allen incarnation of DC Comics character The Flash, a costume superhero crime fighter with the power to move at superhuman speeds. It's a spin off from the CW series Arrow, existing in the same fictional universe known as the Arrowverse. The series follows Barry Allen, portrayed by Grant Gustin, a crime scene investigator who gains superhuman speed, which he uses to fight criminals, including others who have also gained superhuman abilities. The Flash has been on since 2014 and will be entering its seventh season in February of 2021. It's great fun and it really does uh, deep dives into the DC Comics universe. I definitely recommend recommend this as required viewing. Also from the CW, the new DC superhero series Stargirl, created by Jeff Johns. It's based on the DC comic superhero Courtney Whitmore created by Johns and Lee Motor. The series follows high school student Courtney Whitmore, portrayed by Breck Bassinger, who discovers the cosmic staff and becomes the inspiration for a new generation of superheroes who become the new Justice Society of America. The Justice Society is a superhero team that first appeared in All-Star Comics No. 3 in 1940 and is still popular today. Stargirl premiered in May of 2020 and it'll be returning for its second season in 2021. It's good, clean, family fun and I highly recommend you check it out. Finally, if you haven't had a chance to catch it, Supernatural, also on The CW, is wrapping up its 15th and final season. Can you believe that? 15 years. Created by Eric Kripke, Supernatural stars Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester, and the series follows the two brothers as they hunt demons, ghosts, monsters, and other supernatural beings. You can find previous seasons on DVD and Netflix, and you should definitely check it out if you haven't already. It's great horror fun and continues to be enjoyable TV viewing. As Spencer Dopey said, if you go back and start from the beginning and watch the entire series of Supernatural, it is truly a rewarding experience. Now, on to the classics. As we always talk about here on Then Is Now, there are cool things in the past that kids today should know about. Among them are some classic TV shows, and the ones I'm about to discuss are currently being replayed on these cool retro channels like MeTV and others. You should check your on-screen cable guide or satellite guide to find these channels like Charge Antenna TV and TV Land, just to name a few. If you've got a young person in your life, you know, rather than let them watch all that crap that's on YouTube, sit them down and have them watch a classic show with you. It's, again, (laughs) that also is a rewarding experience. Okay, first up is the show called Chips. Chips is a crime drama television series created by Rick Rosner that originally aired on NBC from September 15, 1977 to May 1, 1983. It followed the lives of two motorcycle officers of the California Highway Patrol, CHP. The series ran for 139 episodes over six seasons. Plus, one reunion TV movie in October of 1998. Chips stars Eric Estrada as macho, rambunctious Officer Francis Frank Llewellyn Poncherello, a.k.a. Ponch, and Larry Wilcox played his straight-laced partner, Officer Jonathan Andrew Baker. With Ponch being the more trouble-prone of the pair, and John generally the more level-headed one, trying to keep Ponch out of trouble, with the duo's gruff yet fatherly immediate Supervisor Sergeant Joseph Cottrell, played by Robert Pine, the two were highway patrolmen of the Central Los Angeles office of the California Highway Patrol, CHP again, hence the name CHIPS. As real life CHIP motorcycle officers rarely ride in pairs, in the early episodes this was sort of explained away by placing the trouble prone Paunch on probationary status with John assigned as his field training officer. Eventually, by the end of the first season, this subplot kind of faded away. Ponch completed his probation, but audiences were so used to seeing the two work as a team that they kept it for the rest of the series. I personally find that Chips is good, wholesome family entertainment, and it really brings you back to the late 70s and early 80s with a great nostalgic feel. I love watching Chips every night. Next up is the classic cartoon, The Flintstones. It's on every evening on MeTV, and this should also be required viewing, even if you, like, put it on in the background while you're having dinner or something. I'll go into more detail about The Flintstones later on in this show. And finally, every night, you can get a dose of Hogan's Heroes, those wacky Allied soldiers that run missions out of a Nazi prison camp. As a kid, you know, I didn't really get the premise, and I often wondered why they never actually escaped, and we're going to talk about Hogan's Heroes a little bit more later on in this program, but you should definitely get perhaps an older kid, maybe in their early teens, to sit down and enjoy this fun, tame show that's also exciting and hilarious. In future episodes, we're going to go into further detail on classic TV shows that everyone should at least be familiar with, but it's up to you as a person who may be influential in a youth's life. What is a youth? To expose them to the stuff that they should know about,
0: gentlemen, Miss Carol Channing.
2: My, how the General Foods kitchens have changed. Welcome to Hogan's Hero's Dining Room. Kinch the door. Oh, I love the decor. Did I interrupt dinner? No, just finished another memorable meal from our talented chef, Corporal LeBeau. Merci. And not, Colonel Hogan, for the dessert. Oh, I pass. I'm too full. But, Colonel, Jello gelatin. Hey! If you say so, there's always room for Jello. The light dessert with fresh fruit taste. Good. Mmm, beautiful. Any whipped cream? Something even better.
4: Mmm, hey. Dream whip. The whipped topping mix stays fresh on the shelf ready to whip up anytime and only 14 calories per tablespoon how about that <laughs> that's right dream whip has more than just a flavor of
2: whipped cream watch it here comes the commandant Schultz, hey
1: harold follow me <laughs> 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 Out! Out! Colonel Hogan,
2: someone has stolen my helmet. What are you doing with it? LeBeau was using it to serve the jello. <laughs> Such a nice idea. Silence! How dare you use my helmet for jello? The light dessert with fresh fruit taste? Would you care for a dish? <laughs> Duncan, with a little dream whip on top. Folks, he was talking to me. Besides, you just had a big meal. There's always room for jello, sir. With dream whip on top? It has more than just the flavor of whipped cream. The bar? Sergeant Schultz, eating with the prisoners is absolutely forbidden. Now report to my office. Hmm. Hmm. Put more dream whip on it, will you? Sergeant Schultz, not a word about this to anybody.
3: Hey folks. I just wanted to take a minute here to tell you about the hosting service that we use at Haven Podcasts. Podserve.fm. Podcast hosting has never been easier. They do all the work to get your podcast on Apple Podcasts and other major podcast networks. They help you navigate the podcasting world, whether you're brand new or have years of experience. Folks, I can't tell you how happy I am with their service. When I first started this podcast, I searched around intensely for the right hosting platform. I found PodServe and used their simple four-step process. And in a short amount of time, my podcasts were on the internet and available through all the major podcast networks. And their customer support is unreal. Every time I goof things up and make a mistake, like uh, posting the wrong show to the wrong feed... I email them, and I kid you not, within minutes I get a response and the problem is resolved. And they're the only podcasting host that actually helps you get listeners. Other podcast hosts stop at podcast upload and don't help promote your podcast. Well, PodServe makes sure your podcast is seen by thousands of people. The promotion is free, and they put you on podparadise.com, which has over 5,000 visits a day from avid podcast listeners and is growing every day. Each day, PodParadise selects five podcasts to spotlight on their front page. Maybe yours could be there soon. PodSurf's pricing is simple. Only 19 bucks a month. That's it. No tiered pricing platform, just one low fee. For 19 bucks a month, you get unlimited storage, unlimited podcasts, free podcast promotion, your podcast on all platforms, detailed download analytics, one-on-one customer support. You pay month to month, and you can cancel at any time. And when you sign up, you get 14 days free. You don't even have to give them your credit card. I love their service so much I put a reminder in my phone to add my credit card when the 14 days was almost up. I couldn't give them my 19 bucks fast enough. I'm telling you, I, I really didn't believe it until I actually signed up and saw my podcast on everything from iTunes to Stitcher and Spotify and more in a ridiculously short amount of time. So if you've got a podcast and you don't have a hosting platform, I highly recommend PodServe.fm. Check them out. Okay, on to our TV Guide segment. This week, I've unearthed a competitor to the classic TV Guide called TV Magazine. How original. Now, this came every week as part of the newspaper called the Boston Sunday Herald Traveler. This one in particular that I wanted to spotlight was from June 21st to the 27th in 1970 and has the lovely Doris Day on the cover. One thing to note that unlike TV Guide, which started the week on a Saturday, this TV magazine started the week on Sunday, since it was included with the Sunday paper. Now, the listing that I thought was cool was at 5 p.m. on Sunday, June 21st, 1970, on Boston's Channel 38, and was the Mexican wrestling sci-fi film, Neutron Against the Death Robots, from 1961. This movie was covered on my friend Derek Cook's podcast, Monster Kid Radio, on episode 471, so check it out if you want to hear a detailed breakdown of the film. I happen to own the DVD of this movie that I purchased from Fifth Dimension Films a few months ago, and was so surprised to see a listing for this obscure film in 1970. The back of the TV magazine here lists all the movies shown on television for that week with a description of each. Some even have comments at the end, like, well done, fair comedy, or dreary. The description of Neutron against the Death Robots is thus, 1961, starring Wolf Rubinsky's and Amando Sylvester. Dr. Karen's sci-fi zombie types battle with Neutron, the Adam-Age good guy. Now, instead of putting a, a comment at the end, they actually wrote the phrase, no comment. <laughs> they like literally wrote no comment at the end there, instead of just leaving it blank. I also found a couple of other cool listings that would be of interest to our audience. At 1 a.m. on Friday the 26th on Channel 5 was Mole Men Against the Son of Hercules. Yes, you heard it right. Mole Men Against the Son of Hercules. 1963 with Mark Forrest and Moira Orfe. Mole Men captures the world's strongest man by his own design and, to their chagrin, muscles freeze the slaves who keep their underground city operating. And this one didn't have any sort of comment listed after the description. And finally, on Saturday at 9 p.m., we have Calling Dr. Death from 1943 with Lon Chaney and Patricia Morrison. Murder runs wild as a madman rules with hypnotic horror. This is the end of Satan. Now pay
1: attention. Concentrate. You'd like to get away from me, wouldn't you? I like my type, a doctor's wife. I have money, position, and there's nothing you can do about it. I wonder.
2: When did you last see your wife? What are you talking about? Murder. Your wife's been killed.
3: This one I have not seen, so I'm going to have to check that one out. Calling Dr. Death. That sounds pretty good. Also later in the night at 1 a.m., The Mummy's Hand from 1940 with Dick Foran and Wallace Ford.
1: mind if
2: I say I think you're a swell person?
4: Hmm? You're very beautiful. So beautiful, I'm going to make you immortal. Hey, where's the girl? Well, you'll never see her again. I'll give you three to tell me where she is. I'm not kidding! If you were to kill me, you're leaving at large a monster that only I can control.
3: There's no description of the film, but there's one word comment at the end, and it's withering, <laughs> which is too bad because The Mummy's Hand is one of my favorite mummy movies because Dick Ferran and Wallace Ford, they're like these capable... They're like a capable Abbott and Costello. While not as funny as the famous comedy duo, they don't run from a fight, and they can handle themselves well in most situations. So for that, I always appreciated this film. So, uh, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised to find that I had a small collection of these Sunday TV magazines, and even though they don't have as many in-depth articles as the regular TV guide, they're still fun to peruse and see what was on back in the day. I'll post scans of everything I talked about here in the show notes at havenpodcasts.com. And uh, in future episodes, we'll be talking more about these TV magazines as well as the TV Guide.
2: Fun. all the shows, to see and the facts. What's behind what you see? TV Guide, the whole world of TV.
1: That's entertainment. The
2: stars underneath all the glow and the news from the people who know TV Guide. It's a fabulous show. So buy a TV Guide and read TV Guide.
0: Hello, this is Rod Barnett. I'm the host of The Bloody Pit, the podcast that examines films from across the decades. On The Bloody Pit, we have several ongoing series of shows within the show focused on specific things in genre cinema that I and my co hosts find fascinating. There's a long-running series focused on Italian maestro Antonio Margheriti's films from the 1960s all the way up through 1990. There's an on-again, off-again series focused on 1970s science fiction films. There's an in-depth look at the Western movies that William Castle made, before he struck out on his own and became the horror auteur that we know and love a look at the classic Coffin Joe films from Brazil and our long-term project to look at every universal horror film made in the 1940s. That's a long project, people. It's going to take us a long time. Sprinkled in amongst those are various other episodes focused on other stranger areas of cinema, like uh, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento, and even some obscure British crime films from time to time. So, join me and my rotating crew of co hosts as we examine the stranger side of cinema through an exploitation lens. Except when we don't? Yeah, you never really know exactly what to expect on The Bloody Pit. So, join me for The Bloody Pit.
3: Okay, so now we're on to a segment that I've been wanting to do for quite some time since starting this show. In this day and age, there are only a handful of shows that actually have cool theme songs, most of which are forgettable or not even very catchy. One that stands out to me is Stranger Things, which has a very John Carpenter sounding theme and actually takes its time as an intro like in the old days. That's such a cool theme. And you know, in the past, TV shows always had cool themes. And some of them, like the Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island, set up the premise of the show in its opening song. Kids today are most likely not aware of this, and they should know many of these themes, even if they've never seen the show. So now I'm gonna present to you several theme songs from TV shows of the past. So get your young folk to sit with you and listen as we travel back in time and hear some of the cool TV theme songs from yesteryear. That was the theme from The Little Rascals. From 1922 to 1944, The Little Rascals, also known as Our Gang, was a series of film shorts shown in theaters before films. Created by Hal Roach, who was best known for producing the Laurel and Hardy shorts, The Little Rascals chronicled a group of poor neighborhood children and their adventures. Reissued in theaters in 1950, the Our Gang shorts were retitled The Little Rascals and syndicated to TV in 1954. Composer Leroy Shield's 1930 song, Good Old Days, was used as the theme for Our Gang comedies, and that's the song you just heard. Now we're going to get into some themes from beloved cartoons from our youth.
1: family. From the town of Bedrock, they're a page right out of history. On maybe Fred will win the fight.
3: Okay, you just heard the Bugs Bunny Overture. Now, Looney Tunes was a series of short cartoons created for movie theaters by Warner Brothers and also played before films, just like The Little Rascals. When they were repackaged and put into syndication, they had a different theme from their regular Looney Tunes theme. This one that we just played was called This Is It, and it was composed by Mac David and Jerry Livingston. Before that, we played The Flintstones theme. The Flintstones was set in the Stone Age and concerned Fred and Wilma Flintstone and their neighbors Betty and Barney Rubble and the mishaps that they get into. The show was a spoof of Jackie Gleason's celebrated comedy series The Honeymooners and was the first primetime animated series on network television. It ran for a record six years and has only been surpassed by The Simpsons, which has run for over 30 years. The Flintstones theme was composed by Hoyt Curtin and the show's two producers, William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. Next up, you're going to hear Popeye, which was another series of shorts created for theatrical release by Max Fleischer's studio and was composed by Samuel Sammy Lerner. The second half of the theme that you're about to hear was created specifically for when the show went into syndication on TV.
4: I'm hot the sailor man. <laughs> by the sailor man. I'm drunk to the I am the sailor man. I want to go, so which hates all perlokas. What on honey up and square My biffs and I bops them And always have ruffs them But none of them gets nowhere If anyone dashes to risk me fist It's pop and it's wham, understand So keep good behavior That's your one lifesaver With Popeye the Sailor Bird I'm caught by the sail a man. Hot by the sail a man. I'm strong to the finish, cause I eat space spinach. I'm hot by the sail of man.
3: That was the theme from Top Cat, another primetime animated series, but it didn't do well in the ratings, and it did much better as a Saturday morning cartoon. The theme was also created by Hoyt Curtin, and the show concerned a group of cats that was sort of a spoof of the Bowery Boys, or the East Side Kids if you will. But their leader Top Cat, aka TC, was a direct spoof of Phil Silvers' character from The Phil Silvers Show. Now on to some classic sitcoms. As I mentioned before, some shows would lay out the premise in their theme songs, and here are just a handful that did that.
2: There's a holdup in the Bronx, Brooklyn's broken out in fights There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights There's a scout troop short a child, cruise ships to I wild
1: Car 54, where are you?
2: Brooklyn's broken out in fights There's a traffic jam in Harlem That's backed up to Jackson Heights There's a scout troop short a child Crucifters do it, i go wild
1: Car 54, where are
3: That was Car 54, otherwise known as Car 54, Where Are You? It's the story of two New York City police officers based in the fictional 53rd Precinct in the Bronx. Car 54 was their patrol car. It starred Fred Gwynn and Joe E. Ross. The theme song's lyrics were written by series creator, writer, and occasional director Nat Hyken, with music by John Strauss next up we've got the ballad of jed clampett which is the theme from the beverly hillbillies the beverly hillbillies was a show about a family of hillbillies that become millionaires after patriarch jed clampett strikes gold while out hunting the song was composed by paul Henning and recorded first by bluegrass musicians lester flat and earl scruggs with lester flat singing
4: come and listen to my story about a man named jed a poor mountaineer barely And up through the ground from a bubbling crew, oil that is black gold texas tea well the first thing you know jed's a millionaire kinfolk said jed move away from there said california is the place you ought to be so they loaded up the truck and they moved to beverly hills that is swimming pools movie stars well, now it's time to say goodbye to Jed and all his kin And they would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in You're all invited back again to this locality To have a heap in heaven of their hospitality Hillbilly, that is Set us back, take your shoes off
2: mr
1: red
2: a horse is a horse of course of course and no one can talk to a horse of course that is of course unless the horse is the famous mr red Go right to the source and ask the horse He'll give you the answer that you endorse He's always on a steady course Talk to Mr. Ebb People yakety yak the streak And waste your time a day But Mr. Ebb will never speak Unless he has something to say A horse is a horse, of course, of course And this one will talk till his voice is hoarse You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this
3: Of course, of course, you just heard the Mr. Ed theme song, which was about a hapless and somewhat clumsy architect named Wilbur Post, played by Alan Young, who owned a talking horse named Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed was voiced by former Western film actor Alan Lane. The theme song, titled Mr. Ed, appropriately enough, was written by the songwriting team of Jay Livingston and Ray Evans and sung by Livingston himself. The first seven episodes used only instrumental music to open the show. Thereafter, the version with the lyrics was used. Now, F Troop was a hilarious show. It's a satirical sitcom, Western, about U.S. soldiers and Native Americans in the Wild West during the 1860s, which originally aired for two seasons on ABC. It starred Larry Storch and Forrest Tucker as a pair of nutty soldiers that would get into all kinds of slapstick gags and burlesque-style comedy. The F Troop theme was co-written by Irving Taylor and William Lava. The
2: end of the Civil War was here when quite accidentally... Who so sneezed, abruptly ceased retreat And reversed it to victory His pedal of honor pleased and thrilled His proud little family group By it on, some blood was spilled And so it was bland, he commanded Where Indian fights are colorful sights And nobody takes a licking When pale face and red skin Both turn chicken with drilling and fighting, get them down They know their morale, hemp's true As long as they all relax in town Before they resume with a bang
1: and a boom true
3: Next up, we have Gilligan's Island, probably one of the most famous and beloved sitcoms of all time. This is definitely one that young people should know. It concerns a group of castaways that were stranded on a deserted island and their hilarious attempts to get rescued each episode. The Ballad of Gilligan's Isle is the opening theme song written by Sherwood Schwartz and George Wiley.
2: Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. That started from this tropic point aboard
1: boy, this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailor, man, skipper
2: brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. <laughs> the weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of a fearless crew, the middle would be lost. The middle would be lost. The ship set ground on the shore of this uncharted desert isle With Gilligan, the skipper too A millionaire and his wife A movie star, the Professor Anne Mary Ann, Here on Gilligan's Isle So this is the tale of our castaways They're here for a long, long time They'll have to make the best of things, it's an uphill climb. But first mate and his skipper too will do their very best To make the others comfortable in the tropic island nest. No phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single luxury. Like Robinson Caruso, it's primitive as can be. So join us here each week, my friends, you're sure to get a smile. From
1: seven stranded castaways, here
3: on Gilligan's Eye. Wow, howdy, partner. How can I help you today? I'm looking for a movie to watch, but i What in tarnation was that? Never you mind, son. Now let's focus on your needs here. I'm looking for something to watch, but I want something I ain't seen yet. Yeah! Ooh, watch yourself there, partner. Why, I reckon you've come to the right place. You've come to the place where the The East east meets meets the the West. The East meets the West? Where is that and how's that going to help me? Ooh, that was close. You better duck. I don't understand what's going on here. It's like I'm in a place where kung fu and cowboys have combined somehow. Well that's right, partner, you're gonna find some offbeat films here, no doubt about that. Host Rigor is gonna take you on a journey to discover not only the hundreds of amazing martial arts films of Hong Kong's Shaw Brothers, but also Italy's Spaghetti Westerns. Spaghetti Westerns? Is that some kind of joke? No sir. Western movies made in Italy from the 60s to the 80s are called Spaghetti Westerns, and that's a fact. You can find The East Meets the West on all the major podcasting apps, as well as havenpodcast.com. Well, thank you kindly, sir. You done settled my entertainment needs, even though it was a tad dangerous in your store. Like I said, go to your podcasting apps or go to havenpodcast.com. The The East east Meets the the West, your new favorite ranch to hang out at. Well, we hope you enjoyed those theme songs that kind of tell you the premise of the show. And now we're going to move on to other classic comedies that simply had instrumental theme songs, but they're nonetheless catchy and memorable. That was the theme from The Munsters, which was a sitcom depicting the home life of a family of benign monsters starring Fred Gwynn from Car 54 as a Frankenstein's monster-type head of the household named Herman Munster. Yvonne DiCarlo played his vampire wife, Lily Munster, Al Lewis, who was also in Car 54, played Grandpa, the over-the-hill vampire who relishes talking about the good old days. Beverly Owen, later replaced by Pat Priest, played their teenage niece Marilyn Munster, whose non-monster persona made her the family outcast and Butch Patrick played their half-vampire, half-werewolf son, Eddie Munster. The series was a satire of both traditional monster movies and the wholesome family fare of the era, and was produced by the creators of Leave it to Beaver. The Munster's theme was created by composer and arranger Jack Marshall. In keeping in line with the horror theme that the Munsters presented, we have The Addams Family, which ran concurrently with the Munsters on another network, and was a macabre black comedy sitcom based on characters from Charles Adams' New Yorker cartoons. The show concerned the wealthy, endlessly enthusiastic Gomez Adams, played by John Aston, who's madly in love with his refined wife Morticia, played by Carolyn Jones. They also had children, daughter Wednesday and son Pugsley, as well as Uncle Fester and Grandma the families attended by their servants the towering butler lurch played by ted cassidy and thing a disembodied hand that appears from within wooden boxes and other places other relatives who made recurring appearances included cousin it morticia's older sister ophelia and morticia's mother grandma frump the theme was composed by the famous jazz musician vic Mizzy.
2: and spooky. They're all together ookie. The Addams Family. The house is a museum. When people come to see them, they really are a scream. The Addams Family. Neat. Sweet. Petite. with your shawl on, um, a broomstick you can crawl on. Um, we're gonna pay a call on um, the Adams family.
3: Next up is Leave it to Beaver, a sitcom that was broadcast between 1957 and 1963 about an inquisitive and often naive boy, Theodore the Beaver Cleaver, portrayed by Jerry Mathers, and his adventures at home, school, and around his suburban neighborhood. The show also starred Barbara Billingsley and Hugh Beaumont as Beaver's parents, June and Ward Cleaver, and Tony Dow as Beaver's brother, Wally. The show has attained an iconic status in the U.S., with the Cleavers exemplifying the idealized suburban family of the mid-20th century. The theme was composed by Pete Rugolo and Paul Smith.
1: (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
3: That was the theme from I Dream of Genie, a fantasy sitcom television series starring Barbara Eden as a 2,000-year-old genie and Larry Hagman as an astronaut who becomes her master, with whom she falls in love with at first sight and eventually marries. The theme was composed by famed movie composer Hugo Montenegro and Buddy Kay. Next we have... The theme from I Love Lucy, which is a show that starred Lucille Ball, her then real-life husband Desi Arnaz, Vivian Vance and William Frawley. It followed the life of Lucy Ricardo, Lucille Ball, a young middle-class housewife in New York City who either concocted plans with her best friends Ethel and Fred Mertz, played by Vance and Frawley, to appear alongside her bandleader husband Ricky Ricardo, Desi Arnaz, in his nightclub. Or tried numerous schemes to mingle with or be part of show business the theme was composed by Elliot Daniel and Harold Adamson You heard the I Love Lucy theme and then you heard the theme from Bewitched, which is about a witch who marries an ordinary mortal man and vows to lead the life of a typical suburban housewife the show ran for eight years and was very popular the bewitched theme was composed by jack keller and howard greenfield next up we have get smart a comedy television series parodying the secret agent genre that had become widely popular in the first half of the 1960s with the release of the james bond films the program was created by legendary mel brooks and buck henry the series centered around bumbling secret agent 86 maxwell smart played by Don Adams, and his female partner, Agent 99, played by Barbara Feldon, They work for Control, a secret U.S. government counterintelligence agency based in Washington, D.C. The pair investigates and thwarts various threats to the world, though Smart's incompetent nature and demands to do things by the book invariably cause complications. However, Smart never fails to save the day. Looking on is the long-suffering head of Control, played by Edward Platt, who is addressed simply as Chief, and who often works alongside his incompetent assistant Larrabee, played by Robert Carvelis. The nemesis of Control is an organization called Chaos, described as an international organization of evil. Herr Siegfried, played by Bernie Capel, and his bumbling lackey Starker are smart and 99's arch enemies. The enemy's world takeover plots and gadgets seen in Get Smart were a parody of the James Bond film franchise. The Get Smart theme was composed by Irving Zathmary. Okay, that was the theme from Hogan's Heroes. Now, we mentioned Hogan's Heroes earlier in the show. This was a series that was set in a German Nazi prisoner of war camp during World War II. Bob Crane starred as Colonel Robert E. Hogan, coordinating an international crew of Allied prisoners running a special operations group from the camp where Hogan and his team would secretly perform missions for the Allies under the nose of their supposed Nazi captors. Werner Klemperer played Colonel Wilhelm Klink, the gullible commandant of the camp, and John Banner played the blundering but lovable Sergeant of the Guard, Hans Schultz. This theme was composed by Jerry Fielding, and it's an iconic theme, an iconic show. You should definitely have the family sit down and watch it. It's great fun. Now we move on to some exciting superhero and science fiction shows that were popular in the 50s and 60s and are still popular today. Star Trek. Star Trek's a science fiction television series created by Gene Roddenberry that follows the adventures of the Starship USS Enterprise and its crew. The theme was composed by Alexander Courage and is so iconic it needs almost no introduction here.
1: Space
3: That was the Lost in Space theme preceded by Star Trek. Lost in Space was another classic science fiction television series created and produced by Irwin Allen. The series was inspired by the 1812 novel The Swiss Family Robinson and a comic book published by Gold Key Comics titled Space Family Robinson. The series follows the adventures of the Robinsons, a pioneering family of space colonists who struggle to survive in the depths of space. This theme was, of course, composed by the great John Williams, who also did some of the background music for Gilligan's Island. Next up is... The Twilight Zone, another iconic, famous theme. And if if people don't know this theme, they should. It was an anthology television series created and hosted by noted screenwriter Rod Serling, which ran for five seasons on CBS from 1959 to 1964. Each episode presents a standalone story in which characters find themselves dealing with often disturbing or unusual events, an experience described as entering the Twilight Zone. Often with a surprise ending and a moral, although predominantly science fiction, the show's paranormal and Kafkaesque events leaned the show towards fantasy and horror. The phrase Twilight Zone, inspired by the series, is used to describe surreal experiences. The iconic theme song was composed by Bernard Herrmann, who is no stranger to horror themes, as he is also the composer of Psycho, among many others.
2: faster than a speeding bullet more powerful than a locomotive able to leap tall buildings at a single bound A who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way.
3: That was the theme from The Adventures of Superman, a television series based on comic book characters and concepts created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster in 1938. The show was the first TV series to feature Superman. George Reeves played Clark Kent slash Superman, with Jack Larson as Jimmy Olsen, John Hamilton as Perry White, and Robert Shane as Inspector Henderson. Phyllis Coates played Lois Lane in the first season, with Noel Neal stepping into the role in later seasons. Superman battles crooks, gangsters, and other villains in the fictional city of Metropolis while masquerading off-duty as Daily Planet reporter Clark Kent. Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen, Clark's colleagues at the office, often find themselves in dangerous situations that only Superman's timely intervention can resolve. It is not actually known who created the Superman theme. There are theories that it was recycled from an old film, perhaps even a foreign film, or ghostwritten by a guy named David Chudnow. No factual substantiation of any possibilities been made yet that would support who in fact did compose this theme. Next up, we have Batman from 1966. It's a live-action television series based on the DC comic book character of the same name. It stars Adam West as Bruce Wayne slash Batman and Burt Ward as Dick Grayson slash Robin, two crime-fighting heroes who defend Gotham City from a variety of arch-villains. It's known for its camp-style, upbeat theme music, and intentionally humorous, simplistic morality aimed at its largely teenage audience. This included championing the importance of using seatbelts, doing homework, eating vegetables, and drinking milk. Neil Hefty, a big band trumpeter, arranger, and composer of themes for movies like The Odd Couple, created the Batman theme. To the
4: Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power.
2: Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. (laughs)
3: Okay, that's all the time we have today for TV show themes. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you were able to get a young person in your life to sit down with you and listen to these awesome theme songs. And you know what? Get a tape or a CD and play it in your car. You've got to just, when you've got them trapped in the car, there's no excuse to not play good music for them. And TV show themes are awesome music when we discuss tv themes again in a future episode we're going to talk about westerns and action shows and continue our way through the decades of classic tv show themes if you have any classic tv th- show theme songs that you would like to hear on our next installment of tv themes drop us a line at thenisnow is 42 at gmail.com or let us know on our then is now facebook page <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of the Then Is Now podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to give a special thanks to Patsy the Angry Nerd, who did our little intro, uh, our Tonight Show-styled intro at the beginning of the show. And uh, you can find him on his award-winning podcast, Throwdown Thursday, as well as Shark Bites podcast and The Loudest Sports Show. So go to wherever you get podcasts and find those shows and give him some support. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out to Mr. Derek M. Cook, host of Monster Kid Radio. And in particular, check out his episode number 471, in which he and Jonathan Inbody discuss Neutron against the Death Robots. I think you'll find that fascinating. And you should check out the rest of his podcasts at Monster Kid Radio. They're exactly what our audience loves. So thank you for listening to Then Is Now podcast. If you'd like to give some feedback on the show, please email us at Then Now forty two at gmail.com. You can also visit us at havenpodcasts.com, and you can check out our Facebook webpage for Then Is Now. We're going to leave you with the Dick Van Dyke theme and the Alvin show, and we'll cover those in a future episode. This is Rigor signing off. Class dismissed.